When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to The Auburn Express. What's up and War Eagle War Report family? You got Ike Jones. We are here today talking a little bit about the tight end position. Could this be another breakout year for the tight end? You know how we do. We got to talk about it this morning right here, War Report style. Let's drop it on them. You are you now. Are now. Listening to the War Report. War Report right here on a Tuesday morning. We got myself, Ike Jones, Guy B. Will in here talking a little Auburn football. Mm-hmm. Getting closer and closer to game one. We are. Continuing breaking down position groups, talking about each of the guys that are going to be contributing to Auburn this season. We will. B. Will, how you feeling this morning? Feeling all right, man. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm I'm not gonna let y'all get me hyped up with with a new recruit and then football season getting close and I see more footage and pictures. I'm not gonna let y'all get me hyped up. All right, I'm gonna be cool until we win an SEC game. Mm. Until we win an SEC game, no hype from B. Will mm-hmm. gonna, gonna be happening. Me. Listen, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Uh, the tight end position today is what we are discussing and. People are really excited about this position this year for Auburn. First year under Brian Harson, it seemed as if the tight end was back. The year two kind of disappeared a little bit. You know, Shanker came out and uh, he had a really good season. We're like, oh, the tight end. Yeah, we got tight end again. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I, I don't know what to say about the tight end position coming up other than we got some dudes in that room right now. We do. We seem to. Yeah. Got seem some dudes to. in that room. I am interested to see how they're going to be utilized. Uh, the last couple of seasons, we've seen more 12 personnel, so two tight end packages, uh, than we've seen traditionally at Auburn since way back, right? Like we're talking about power football days, but they were utilized in more of 
a unique fashion. Like we were still still doing some power runs in that uh, last couple of seasons. Uh, a lot of pro style stuff under center, but the two tight end formations look like they might be around to stay at Auburn for a little while. We may be able to utilize a unique set of talents for a unique set of players that we have in the tight end group. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the group as it stands. Who are the guys that we will be trying to call upon to go out there and impact the game at the tight end position? Uh, as always, we have the group here, a smaller group, right, for the tight end room. So we'll run through this really quickly. Rivaldo Fairweather, 6'4", 251 junior. That is the transfer from Florida International University. Everybody's really excited about this young man. Camden Etheridge, six foot two nineteen redshirt freshman. Grant Hildalgo, six five two forty five. That's a big kid. Michael Riley, who is six five two forty seven. Wow, didn't realize Michael was that big. Redshirt freshman. Luke Deal, our guy. Luke Deal, six five two fifty five senior. I've stood next to Luke Deal plenty of times. He's a he's he's a he's a massive human being. He's a lot bigger than he looks. Like some of these dudes, like I guess because they're they're standing next to other really big dudes out there, you right. don't realize how right. how massive some of these people are. But yeah, that's Luke what Deal. it is. And then Brandon Frazier, 6'7", 267, senior. Feel like I'm missing somebody on there uh, on this list. I always yeah, leave somebody from. else. I am six five two forty one. Tyler from a uh, senior from Warner Robins, Georgia. But what are you feeling about this current roster as it stands for the tight end position? I don't know what to feel about anything because I haven't really seen them work. I have high hopes for them. They were uh, glorified like three quarters of an offensive lineman last year because we needed all the blocking help we could get. But that's pretty much all those guys did. And it, we have very little idea what any of the guys are capable of when it comes to uh, ability. We, we just don't know. We, we don't know. So we have to hope. Now, Rivaldo Fairweather, we've had some film. We've seen some flashes from camp. And from spring, well, no, he wasn't here. Yeah, he was here in spring. Yeah, not a lot. Which they didn't. Spring. I mean, they didn't do very much in the spring. Yeah, they didn't they throw the ball. Yeah. So we think he's going to be a, a dynamic wide receiver talent at tight end. Not just wide receiver. We know he can catch, and we know he is fast enough to be put in pass patterns. And we expect some hybrid work from him, a la Kyle Pitts, is what I'm expecting. So. Right. Is that an advantage? Yes. we That should be a huge advantage for us in any bit of the passing game. If you've got a run game that works kind of good and a dynamic tight end, like mismatches abound. This is going to get really interesting. Now, the rest of these guys, I think, have a, a great opportunity to be equally as threatening because now you can just do some old school sneak your tight out or your tight end out on any play. Because if you've got threats everywhere, if you've got six, six wide receiver threats in the end zone, well, in the red zone, if you've got uh, two, five, ten running backs that could be starting for an NFL team in two years, if you've got a quarterback who can throw the crossers and the slants accurately, buddy, everybody's a threat. Everybody is a threat, probably for the first time on Auburn's offense since 
the tight end hadn't been a threat in Auburn's offense since like 2013, 14. So maybe the first time in, in almost 10 years because Yuzuma was the last guy who even kind of got some, some passing reps under Gus. And since then, every position on the field has not been a given that they could get the ball. But now we are looking at what could be a very balanced offense, the ball going around everywhere. And even the guys who don't look like their primary receiving threats, like a Michael Riley Ducker, like a Luke Deal, like a Brandon Frazier. Listen, man, if I'm a big body and I'm in the right spot on the line, meaning I'm eligible to receive a pass, you got to account for me because you're going to be right. worried about everybody else. This could get interesting real quick. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think that in the systems that have been run from our head coach and our offensive coordinator, they've been utilizing the tight end uh, for a lot of different things. And I think the unique ability of these tight ends as pass catchers, they're going to actually utilize them, you know, split wide, right? Like you saw that a lot from uh, the Ole Miss offenses that were under Coach Hugh Freeze, where, mm-hmm. you know, if you got a guy who can go out there and they can challenge as a lined up as a slot receiver, then they'll put him out there lined up as a slot receiver. It's not just going to be, you know, a, as you said, a glorified additional offensive lineman. Like yeah. we're going to use those guys to block for sure, but they're also going to be threats in the passing game. So I'm looking forward to seeing the variety of ways that they're going to deploy this bevy of talent. The guys, of course, that you've heard a lot about, we've talked about Rivaldo Fairweather, uh, the speed that he has at 6'4", 251, is going to be a problem for a lot of people because if you're fast enough, you're usually too small. If you're small enough, you know, or you're, you know, in, in the the ability that are big enough, I should say, then you're usually too slow mm-hmm. for a guy that's going to have his talents. It's going to be interesting to see how the quarterbacks look to utilize those guys in the past game. And I say the quarterback specifically because I think the scheme is going to be there, but will the quarterbacks think to themselves, oh, yeah, I have this tight end in this scenario. Because sometimes that's the problem. It's just you're not used to looking in certain places. Right. Uh, I know that we've had quarterbacks in the past that, or really the, the scheme in the past that just didn't utilize the middle of the field, right? We right. just weren't right. threatening anything between the hashes. Uh, but we have to get into a place where that's something that we're looking to utilize a little bit more often. Uh, I am often remiss in saying how we misutilized one Sal Canella when he was yeah. here as a pass catcher. Yeah, Watching he could, Sal Canella go out there and actually eviscerate people, you know, and again, I know it's not the NFL, but USFL, if he could yeah. if he could do it at the USFL, he could do it in college. Right? Those the guys at the USFL aren't worse than collegiate players. You Most think. of them were just below NFL caliber talents. So they were would have been some of the better collegiate players. And right. he was out there making them dudes look silly consistently. Yeah, it, was. it was. He did, which means he could have been doing it in college. Yeah. That's yeah, what you're just saying. I, I don't he just think got he signed. Got, yeah, I don't think he got drastically better when he got to the USFL. I mean, he may yeah. have improved some, but I just think Sal Canella was misused. He was a guy that could have been, a, especially in an offense that needed reliable pass-catching targets. Right. Sal Canella was underutilized at Auburn. I don't think we are in a position where Rivaldo Fairweather is going to be misutilized at Auburn. No, no, we won't be. I don't think that'll be our problem. <laughs> um, underutilization of pass targets will not be a problem with you freeze as the head coach at all. That, that, that won't be a thing we have to worry about here. Now, I do wonder, though, how much of the other guys going to get some opportunities to catch, to catch some passes? Again, I think because everybody should be a threat. 
it looks like we've got a true outside uh, receiver in Shane Hooks that's going to be a threat to make all kind of ridiculous catches. You just, one dude out there that can do that, defenses are, are starting to look differently at you and thinking really hard about how to cover you. We already know the run game is going to be crazy, though. We already know. Like, just the run game by itself being good opens up many other things. The right. run game and a, a deep threat. Oh, my goodness. Like, that, any one of these things being good, whether it's a dynamic tight end, I mean, the Saints and Jimmy Graham, if it's uh, an outside receiver, just one. Look at what uh, Stephon Diggs did for uh, Josh Allen and the Bills. Or if it's just a run game that's just, you can count on it time after time after time. Derrick Henry and the Titans. There are offenses completely built around one thing being really, really good. And it works. Now, they're not going to go undefeated, but you're talking about I can win the majority of my games? Yes, I can win more games than I lose if I have an offense that makes sense built around this one string. Yeah. Give me two or three of those? Ooh, buddy. Yeah, listen, when you have something that you can punch with or, or a consistent punch that you can go to you're, and it's a winning punch, then your goal is just to develop a very good counter punch because people are going to be looking for that. And it's like, all right, if I throw this and you've figured out, how, so what am I going to counter with? Mm-hmm. Usually that that's going to win you a vast majority of games right there. Yeah, yeah. You, have a, you have a winning punch and you figure out how to counter punch with it. You're going to win a lot of games. Uh, The tight end is going to be a crucial portion of what we're going to be trying to utilize in this scheme, especially considering the, what's the word that I want to use here? Apprehension, Mm -hmm. good safe word, about how deep our wide receiver room is going to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you can employ multiple pass catching targets that are tight ends, we talked about this a little bit yesterday when we talked about running backs about utilizing the running backs in the past game lined up as a receiver. Mm-hmm. If you can do that with the tight end, you can still run out or trot out the same personnel, but just have them deployed differently, right? So if I want to be able to go to a heavy package and have two tight ends on the field because I want to give you a run look, I can keep the same personnel on the field, flex one of those tight ends out to a slot receiver, and now I've got a three-receiver look but I'm still in the same personnel grouping, right? Yeah. I can do those sorts of things if my tight ends are versatile in that way, um, especially if both of those are pass-catching targets. And this is a thing I want to say about the uh, pass-catching group. Luke Deal, underrated hands. Doesn't have the speed of a fair weather. Mike O'Reilly Ducker, very physical tight end. Definitely a sure-handed guy. Not Again, not the same speed as a Rivaldo Fairweather, but there is, I think, a potential in this offense to run two tight end sets and still threaten the short and intermediate portions of the field mm-hmm. with the other tight end not named Rivaldo Fairweather, and you have the deeper threat in Rivaldo Fairweather being out there on the field. Yeah, we, we got some options, and, the, and that's really the best thing. We talked about it as we talked about QB and, and Hugh Freeze's remarks about Robbie getting on the field. He's a tool. He's a tool that you got in your tool belt. And you can attack however you want to attack. You can switch some things up. You can show and deploy these guys here. And the next time you're out, you know, when they're ready to stop the guy you deployed last time, you deploy another guy. Having options is always going to give you the upper hand. Having options that you can count on. Now, one thing I would worry, I don't say worry, worry is too strong a word. You have to get these guys working in your offense. Like that, that has to happen. Like, I don't know if there are enough snaps in practice during the week 
to really get these guys lathered up to the point where now it's muscle memory. This is something that we saw over and over and over again with Gus offenses was early in the season, we didn't look nearly as good as we looked later in the season. Gus had a lot of quirks to his offense. He he figured out what they could do. He had them do things. Even the way the quarterback stood when he handed the ball off, depending on what the call was and what he wanted to, how he wanted to affect the defense, it was particular. But you got to get used to doing that stuff. Right. Everything started working better. Everybody got in the rhythm. People stayed healthy enough, which is a really big part of, of that continuity. Mm-hmm. Thank you, John Brennan. Of everybody actually having... There, there are opportunities in the offense to see it working, have it work, and get better at it. Will we have enough snaps early for all of the tight ends, not just Fairweather? Fair, I think Fairweather is probably going to be on the, the field for almost every offensive snap, unless we just do what would be really cool is throw like a curveball and go two hot tight ends on the offensive line and really just mush people. Just to, bl- just to run the ball down people's throats. They think we're about to come out here and sling it, but just on a, against a quality defense that's not expecting it. You know what I mean? You just come out here and do something different. But anyway, being able to get all those guys on the field and find them snaps in the first three weeks. The first three weeks, I think, set up really good for us. Even <laughs> though the road trip isn't against a quality opponent, it's a, still a road trip. It's still a road trip against a Power 5 opponent, and it's better than a UMass. UMass, you can kind of run through them a little bit. All right, Cal, maybe you can't run through them a little bit. That's fine. Who are we going to see get those snaps? Because those are important snaps. Those are, I'm facing some resistance. Hey, this corner here is going to be probably three inches <laughs> and a couple of tenths of a second faster. That's a better cover. So now we get our wide receivers some quality work, some tighter windows for our, for our quarterbacks to throw into. And the same thing with our tight ends. You're going to be pushing up against some guys that have some next-level potential. They might not be a great team. You get those snaps. You come back. You get to fine-tune what you found out about your team. In those three games, will these tight ends get the reps and the snaps to start feeling comfortable doing what they're doing? Because it's still going to be something different for a lot of these guys, for all of these guys. What am I kidding? Nobody came here with you, Freeze, from from Liberty on offense. So all these guys are going to be brand new. I wonder if they find enough snaps for all these players to get comfortable now before we see that SEC competition with Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be about making sure that we get out to big leads early in those first couple of games so that we can get reps for more people because we don't want what happened, uh, unfortunately, in the uh, the previous tenure where you're, you're being challenged by the opponents that you should be walking over and therefore you've got to keep your starters in for the vast majority of the game just to be able yeah. to secure the victory. Right? Yeah. You don't want to be in a dogfight with right. UMass or Samford. Oh. That was the sign, wasn't it? We were struggling with San Jose State. We should have known then. Should have known. Should have known. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. We're going to head over to the comments section to talk to you all, see what you all are buzzing about this morning. We'll get everything kicked off today with Corey Weber, who says, Fairweather is him. I'll go out on a limb and predict he finishes second in receptions and first in touchdowns this season. Hmm. Ooh, we, it's not a, <laughs> that's, that's not a bad prediction there. I, I'd, be, I'd be pressed to disagree with that, Corey. Fairweather looks like a special athlete at tight end. And if his hands are as good as his running ability and, and ability to create mismatches is, then leading in touchdowns will be easy. He'll be an easy target. He'll be the safer target for whoever the quarterback is on when, when they're on the field. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we see what we hope, what we think we're seeing in preseason practice and scrimmages. I hope we're, we're seeing that when the season comes as well. Yeah. Um, I don't, again, I don't think that physically the challenges are going to be there against a team like UMass. No disrespect to them. It's just, it shouldn't be. Um, the question is going to be whether or not we're on the same page, right? right. <clears throat> um, because going out there and doing it in practice or in scrimmage is not the same as when the other team, you know, the, the defensive players on that defensive line are actually trying to hit your quarterback, not right. pulling up off of them, right? Mm-hmm. And those DBs are out there. You know, I, I don't think the DBs care in, in practice whether or not they they want to get the interceptions they want, but it's going to be a little different when they don't know what's coming. Are you guys going to be on the same page and seeing the same thing? You haven't seen the same looks defensively over and over again. Um, though I hear Coach uh, Ron Roberts has been trying to mix it up a lot in practice to to give them some different looks and have some different challenges of what they're trying to see up front. Uh, but it's going to be different, right? And so how quickly are we going to be able to get into the groove and figure out what the defense is trying to do and make the adjustments that's something that I'm going to be looking forward to see in these first couple of games. If there's any resistance, how do we cha- challenge our team to get a little bit better and make tweaks to, to change things? But yeah, in, in regards to Fairweather, second in receptions, that's the one I question. More touchdowns than anybody else? I could see that one. I can see that mm-hmm. one. Uh, AU Alum 94 says, Fairweather has certainly been mentioned quite a bit this fall. No lies yeah. detected there. A lot of mentions of Rivaldo Fairweather and what he could potentially be in this offense. He's a talented guy. So there's yeah. no reason to not mention somebody who is that size that moves that quickly. Um, he's a matchup problem. And if you've watched any film of him at FIU, then you would see he's got some acceleration to him. And he, I mean, he is moving big for a guy his size. That's not yeah. 
that's not he's moving big relative to people at that level of football. No, he's just moving. Like, mm-hmm. just watch yeah. the amount of yardage he it takes up in the clip. Forget about, you know, whether or not other people are running as fast as him. Just look at how fast he's going. Right. And, uh, you know, get him ball in space against some guys that are a little slower, maybe a, a safety that's not as fleet of foot as, a uh, um, you know, an outside a DB or a, t- uh, excuse me, a tight end, but um, a linebacker in coverage mm-hmm. and yeah. see if he can create that same kind of thing. There are going to be some linebackers in this league that can run with him, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there are going to be some safeties in this league that can run with him. The question is whether or not he's going to be bigger than those guys. Right. Right. For sure. Haley jumps in and says, I always give Auburn the opportunity to hurt me during football season, no matter how much I try not to get my hopes up. This is what yeah. fandom feels like. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, uh, me too, Haley. This, this is me protecting myself. So we can at least start the season without me getting too hyped up. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to realistically, I think we all know that Texas A&M is our first real test of the season. Any losses or tight games before Texas A&M, that's a huge red flag. All right. Texas A&M is like, all right, on the road, quality opponent, not a quality coach, but that's another story. I am keeping it very even keel until... We play Texas A&M. The only chance I, I give myself of getting hyped up and, and letting it be legit is if we murder Cal. Like 35, 40-point win on the road for a team that just came together with, with all of its players in like May. We were incomplete in the spring based on what we are now. So you're telling me Hugh Freeze got a new team together in a couple of months and they're putting on a show like that? Okay. Then I get hyped up until then. No hype. No hype until Texas A&M win. That's that's what I want to see. Yeah, and uh, I am the exact opposite. I'm going to be hyped day one, (laughs) and y'all going to have to prove me wrong. So, you know, my hype begins next week. I'm going to turn up next week. You turn up. Turn up for me. I I, I got you. I got you. AU Alum 94 jumps in and says, P. Mott, that's a Philip Montgomery. Last year at Tulsa, the tight end group averaged around 12 catches. Uh, on the season, Coach Hugh Freeze last couple of tight end groups averaged 30 catches per season. Fairweather alone had 28 for 420 last year. We need this room to get some targets. Yeah, we do. I think we will. It's because it's, it's Hugh Freeze. It's, it's, it's Philip Montgomery, true, but it's also Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. And we also don't know what the limitations were for Philip Montgomery's offense there at Tulsa. Do they have the offensive line? Do they have the quarterback to deliver? Do they have the tight end prospects they would even want to be able to target and, and make them a focus of the of the offense? So let's assume that principally this is Hugh Freeze's offense, even though on a down-to-down basis, it's Philip Montgomery pulling pulling the strings on it. That's that's what I'm expecting it to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, doubt that whatever scheme that they've come up with, in which we've talked with uh, a lot of guys on this offense now, um, and and we know that the scheme is going to be a combination of both of their things. Uh, so I am looking forward to seeing the utilization of the tight end, just in l- l- simple stuff, right? I think that we we're going to see screens to the tight end. I think we're going to see a lot of things that allow the tight end to get involved early in the pass game to be able to occupy the minds of those safeties and linebackers. And then 
that'll open things up on the outside and even with the run game. Because if you're thinking, okay, this tight end may leak out into the flat, I got to make sure I got my eyes there. Uh, that makes you a little slower to react to the run. So there are just yeah. a lot of things that you can do to keep down, uh, keep defenses off guard. Yeah. Corey Weber jumps in and says, Fromm has excellent hands. Tyler Fromm, yeah, he's he's proven to be able to be a good pass-catching tight end. We've got a lot of guys on this team that can catch from the tight end position, right? Um, Brendan Frazier is a guy who I think, yeah, I don't know if disappointed is the right word, but based upon the hype that I heard from him and what we've seen in the productivity, I've been disappointed in that. But I don't know that that's anything directly related to him. Right. Uh, I had been hoping to see more of Brandon Frazier as he had been here. Uh, Tyler Fromm as well. I don't think that we've seen the best of Tyler Fromm yet. And, you know, we're running out of opportunities to see those guys because they are losing eligibility every season. So hopefully yeah. we will get an opportunity to see them. But I don't know how you do with Fairweather and Deal and M Mike O'Reilly out there. Those mm -hmm. seem like the first three guys that are going to come and get some significant snaps in this offense. But I do think the other guys can play some uh, key, can play some key snaps for this team if called upon. Last one here will go is Ant Robinson. Fairweather may have 800 to 1,000 yards this season. Safety blanket who can break for big games with 10-plus touchdowns. So predicting 810 touchdowns from Rivaldo Fairweather there is Ant Robinson. The only reason I say that's a little high is because if we look at what Hugh Freeze's quarterbacks typically throw for, what... Um, Peyton Thorne has thrown four in his past and also what the running back room can do. There aren't enough, there aren't enough yards to go around for a 800 to thousand yard receiver for the dump downs that we were going to have to running backs for the yardage. We should be calling runs for our running backs because I still think that's going to be the thing that works best on our offense and have 800 to a thousand for Fairweather. Now TDs is a fair point. I think he gets those TDs. That doesn't mean it's going to be big yardage, though. I think he'll be more of a security blanket, safer touchdown throw than some other touchdown throws will be. But if we have another breakout wide receiver, man, we're, we're going to have another place to spread it out to. Which, all this is great, but I think how much we should be able to spread it around will have his his total yards of uh, receiving yards down under 800. Yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if it's up to 1,000. If he is closer to 1,000, he is definitely the uh, leading or second leading receiver on this team. Yeah. Um, and I just don't know for sure that that's going to be a thing, but I would love to see a tight end be able to do that at Auburn, uh, especially if there is a receiver who has more receiving yards than him. If he's up, yeah. you know, eight to a thousand and somebody else is, eclipses a thousand, then we have a prolific pass offense. And I know that our running backs are going to do their thing. So that's a mm -hmm. dynamic offense in any season. And looking forward to being able to say that that's a thing for Auburn. All right, we are going to get out of here. We appreciate you guys dropping in with us. As always, we'll be back with you all tomorrow with another morning drop. We'll holler at you guys the next time. Until then, and as always, War Eagle. Peace. Peace. Drop.